hope you were able to do that. Um, Eileen, anybody saying anything yet? Nope, so everybody I'm guessing can hear and all that kind of good stuff? Okay, um, so I think we're gonna go ahead and get started. Sounds good. Okay, so Jeff, how about if you just open us in prayer? You bet. So Lord, um, I just ask for your uh, wisdom, for your truth to flow through Michelle and I. Um, we don't have the right words here, um, but your spirit can encourage, your spirit can guide. And uh, I just pray that you would um, help all the people that are tuning in here specifically um, to be discipled too and to be prepared to go disciple to others, that you would bless their efforts, you'd give them calm, you'd give them confidence, you'd give them peace, and uh, they could go out and extend your kingdom, take territory for your son Jesus. And uh, we just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, so um, in case some of you don't know, Jeff, one, is my husband, like I said, but he also wrote a book called The Joy Model, and in The Joy Model, he talks about um, some super important things. If you're looking for more joy, meaning, purpose, peace, all of that, um, you can get his book. Uh, you can buy it on the website, faithfulworkouts.com, and get it there. But he's going to um, share some really important insight in a little bit, some real practical stuff on how we can grow closer to God. All right, but to start off with, I just wanted to say, if you could, if you're here live, if you could type in, what was your walk away from week one? If you were able to watch week one, what did you walk away with? What was that one thing, if there was one thing, that kind of jumped out at you and you were like, yeah, that's something I need to work on or that's important, that was something I've never heard before. We'd love to just kind of hear from you on that. In addition, the questions that we ended with last week, I talked about, you know, think about somebody you know, some, somebody who's Christian, who really had a positive impact on your walk towards God and, and growing in your faith. And I'd love to hear you share what were some of the characteristics that were so appealing for you in that person and maybe share them because there could be something that you say that just encourages somebody else and all that. So um, we'll, we'd love to just be able to look back at these um, comments. Okay, so we're starting today, and this one is, I, I, as we kind of left off last week, I said, you know, there's a reason that we started off with grow in the name of this series, grow, go, repeat. And that's because we really need to start off with uh, growing our relationship with God. We need to grow closer to him. We need to come to know him better so that we can go. Okay, so it has to start with growing. And one of the things that my hope for this, this session is that you're going to understand the importance of that big four-letter word called love. That's really when we grow closer to God all throughout the scriptures, all throughout the Bible. It talks about, you know, love. He loves us. If we love him, we'll do this. You know, it's all about love. And so we're really trying to work on that. And I wanted to start off by just showing you kind of this new shirt that I have made. And it says on it, what does it say, Jeff? Loved. Loved. Okay. <laughs> Loved. And then at the very bottom, it says um, 1 John 3.1. And I want to start off by telling you a story about this shirt. 
And I guess um, Jeff and Eileen had some good laughs yesterday because we filmed actually some episodes for our cooking show called The Fresh Table. And I did not do a good job explaining this story yesterday, so I'm hoping to do better. I, um, I can tell you more about the kind of the funny part after I tell you the real story. So what happened was I um, designed these shirts just because of this verse, and it, it touched my heart so much. And so they were getting printed the day before I was flying to North Carolina, which is where we are now. And um, I went to the, the plant where the, they were printing these shirts. I went back where the, there were some women working on the shirts, and I just kind of my heart went out for them because they were standing over these really hot machines, and I could tell that they'd be standing on their feet all day and everything. And I was just kind of thinking about them. I made sure that everything was going okay in the factory, and then I left for a while. And when I came back, they brought out a box of shirts. So I kind of climbed into the back of my truck, and I was crouching back there and going through the shirts when these women walked out of the factory. And I heard the one lady say to the other one, you know, the white shirt was my favorite one. And I poke my head out from the back of my car and I go, hey, you know, do you want one of these shirts? You know, and they were so excited and I offered it to the other person. I said, let me give you one of these shirts. And in that moment, just something cool happened in my heart. I just felt love for these women. And as I handed them the shirts, I just looked them in the eye and I said, you know what? You are loved. And my hope was that they were going to go home and read what 1 John 3, 1 says. Because here's what it is. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Okay? We are children of God. And that should just make you understand, like, in order for him to call us his children, it means he has to love us a super, super duper a lot. All right, and so when we're talking about growing, as I, as I mentioned, we're going to be really focusing on growing in four different areas of love. The first one is that I want you to grow in your acceptance and understanding of God's love for you. The second way is I want you to really learn to love yourself. Three, it's we have to then in, in return love God back, right? And then fourth, and only way that we can do number four is if these other three kind of we get those first. And the fourth one is to love others. So those are the four things. We, we want to call this kind of week love to the fourth, okay? Because that's what it's all about. And so that verse, first of all, in First um, John 3, 1, super important. I can't even express how important it is that you understand the love of God. This is the point at which we can't move forward until we grasp this. And I'm reading a book right now by Bob Goff called Everybody Always. Because he says what we should do is we should love everybody always. And I just love that. But here was one of the lines that he said in that book. Love isn't something we fall into. Love is something we become. I think love, becoming love, is a process. And much like the whole journey, when I, when I last week talked about that process of sanctification, that process of becoming more like God, more like Jesus, it's a process. And I think a big part of that process is us learning to truly love. And so we start off here with our need to love God. Um, Thanks. Mm -hmm. Until we understand, like, these things that he says about us, you know, you're my child, you are a masterpiece, 
with you I am well pleased. We have to get that, guys. It's got to go into your heart because what happens is if we don't understand this, so often everything that we step out and we do moving forward, it's for love. We're doing this for God's love or even for the love of others, and, and, and that's not what it's supposed to be. We are supposed to do this from love. And we need to fill ourselves up so much with his, his love that from that love, we're able to go and do all of this. God cares about our motives. I mean, all over the place. You have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So just some things in there. You know, it says that we really will never fully understand this, but it's something that we should try to do. We should try to just, like, really meditate on the scriptures that talk about this to understand it. How wide, how deep, how long, how big, how huge his love for us really is because that's when we can then step out. And you know what, if there's one thing I think that's really gonna change us as individuals, it's when we get this. Mm -hmm. Like once we understand that we're, you know, yes, we're saved and all that, but we have to understand that that being saved and all of it is because he loves us so much, because you live differently. You're not trying then to step out and get the love of everybody else because it just doesn't matter as much anymore. You've got the love of the one and only God, the one who created you. The one who created the entire world thinks you're awesome. Now, it doesn't mean, you want to say something? Can I say, am I allowed to you're speak? You're allowed to speak. <laughs> well, what I want to just add on to that. Uh, two things. One is a lot of people, I think, struggle with this because they're kind of wrapped around the axle on the Old Testament God of wrath and this New Testament God of love. But here's the deal. Here's where it's just a mind bender, is that God is perfectly just bad things that you do will be punished but he's also 100 percent loving mm -hmm. that is completely incomprehensible to the human mind but that's how god works he's a hundred percent just and a hundred percent loving and then secondly michelle knows this yesterday i had this opportunity to talk with this guy who's um, fairly well known in Texas for discipleship. He has been discipling men since the early 80s. Think about this. And when I mean discipleship, I don't mean teaching. I'm life on life with always a handful of men at any given time and launching them into disciple others. And I said, what are the top two barriers getting in the way of, of people growing in their faith? And I'll tell you the first one now, because I'll save the second one from late, for later. And he said, men don't love themselves. And he said, even the most prideful and narcissistic man doesn't love themselves. Most people think they're going to be like sad sacks with low self-esteem. Oh, nobody loves me. No, those prideful people deep down inside, what's motivating the pride is fear and self-loathing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um that's you know the number two part of love it's like i said you have to first accept god's love and then you have to love yourself and i kind of struggled with which one should go second is it love yourself love god back but either way i think that this loving yourself is really important like you were saying because it's really what holds people back and again reading the book everybody always by bob goff first of all jeff's i told jeff the other day like 
if I could go out to dinner with one person, I think it would be Bob Goff. So he says I have like a, you know, a crush like a, on, this, on Bob Goff, but he's so cute. He, like if you don't know Bob Goff, like you got to, Eileen's a big Bob Goff, Goff fan as well. But as I read his book, here's the first sentence. And I was like, oh, this is good. This, I'm already like highlighting the very first sentence. And what he says is, who you are doesn't have to be who you will be. Isn't that cool? Like, who you were, because often the reason that we can't love ourselves is things in our past. Your history doesn't have to be your destiny. Who you were doesn't have to be who you will be. And so you have to forgive yourself. Guys, I have a list, I mean, miles long that I would have to go and have to forgive myself on, just like most of us. And so you have to forgive. You have to understand that, you know, if God expected you to be perfect, why would he have sent Jesus, right? He knew you were going to mess up, and that's okay. The whole thing is, if there's something in your life that is still causing you to have this, this feeling like, I'm not good enough, pray about it. What is it? Is it some type of a sin that you truly do need to repent and turn from? Something that you haven't yet gone and asked God for forgiveness on. And another thing, there's healing when we confess our sins or confess the things that we've done in the past or are still doing to others. Yes, we have to, you know, we're forgiven by God, but often that healing comes when we talk to other people. So it's so important that you learn, no matter what, you can be forgiven, and you, you are forgiven, and you can move forward as a different person. So loving yourself isn't prideful, okay? That's what a lot of times people think, too. Well, that'd be prideful for me to think, you know, no, what I'm telling you is, like, right now, it takes a lot for me to stand here and even talk in front of you, but it's not because I think I'm awesome and great. It's because the God who created me has given me this passion, and I believe that he's so awesome and great that he can help me speak to you. So by saying that you can do stuff and you are lovable, it just means that God doesn't make mistakes, and he created a beautiful masterpiece when he created you. So something that you're going to do today is you're going to look in the mirror and say, you're pretty awesome. I'm loving you. You're mm-hmm. good. You know, and just get used to looking at the mirror. And even though you might not see the reflection that you want physically, you know, but internally you are a beautiful, beautiful creation. And that will help you to learn to love everything else about you. So, okay. Are y'all in? Everybody loving themselves? Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one is just loving God. And the way that we can do that is, the only way we can do that is to learn to really get to know him. It's hard to love somebody who you don't know. Because when you were talking about how God is a just God and that he does discipline us or he does, you know, we have something to pay for the things that we do. It's, think of that image in the garden where he's pruning. Pruning can be painful, but that's only so that we can produce greater fruit, so that it makes us stronger and healthier. So if you look at discipline that way, it's just something that's really making you stronger, helping you. It can help you to understand God. There's some things that I know that I go to in the Bible and my heart just gets tugged on because of the unbelievable beauty that I see in God and the times in my life where he showed up and done things that just like, whoa, I can't believe it, you know? You, you're, you are an awesome, amazing God, so just try to really lean into that. But you can't love somebody you don't know. Spend time with him. Talk to him. Eileen today was telling me just the most beautiful story. She was um, 
She said how she's just learned to just spend her days with God and that she has such trust in him. And she said, even in some of the smallest things, I just ask him to come along and I feel confident that he's helped me. So her daughter is getting married and she needed a dress and she just does not like one who loves to go shopping. So she's like, God, I know you've got a perfect dress set up for me. So I'm so glad that you can come with me and help me and shop with me today. Isn't that cool? Mm. And guess what? She found the dress. So, you know, and she goes, but if I didn't find it, it just meant that I'd go spend another day with him looking. And that's just a way you have to spend time with him. And I know you're going to probably talk more about that. Do I do it. Just a quick thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a quick thing. Well, yeah, just a quick way. And I, I asked a group of parents one time, because um, we were on this whole topic, like, how do you love God back? And everybody thinks it's like this romantic Hollywood type love. Or they don't think that, but they're confused by that. And so I said, how would you know if your kids loved you? And the, the answers they came up with were just so simple and so honest. Number one, they'd spend time with you. Number two, and, and how do you spend time with them? Well, do like uh, Eileen was doing, talk to them throughout the day. Uh, read his word. What else would your kids do? Well, they'd obey me. That is, you know, you would know that they love you by obeying you. So as you read the word or as the Holy Spirit prompts you, obey him. The other thing is um, they would care about the things you care about. I mean, if somebody loved you, that, that's something you would see there. And so the list that they were coming up with were, were so intuitive at, at a human level, but we complicated at a theological level. And it's like, no, it's just that simple. Yeah, so. yeah for sure. And when we were in um, Spain not too long ago, and Jeff had taken a sabbatical, and he took a full month off. Um, and he would tell me about these conversations that he had had with God. He said, you know, just talking, like just yeah. literally just having these conversations and asking God for his thoughts and his help and all of that. And it's amazing when you do just sit and talk to God and you, you're listening for an answer that you learn things. I mean, Jeff went through a big journey on our sabbatical to come up to this place that he's going to start his own ministry and i'll be sharing more about that with you later but it's called the way and it's all about discipling i'm telling you this discipleship it's like it's both of us we cannot wait to dig more into this mm -hmm. so again and then the last part is guys once you understand how loved you are by god you start to love yourself and you see the beauty of who you are and then you love god in return only then can you truly go out and love others love others like that and there's some things that I know can get in the way of us loving others. And one of them is, you know, we can get really irritated by people, right? They, they, they do things that are harsh or cruel, and we're like, what in the world? why would you do that? And there's a quote that I've just really kind of clung to, and it's by Henry Long's, Longsfellow. I always say his name wrong. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. I never get the order. Kind of like Stephen Curtis Chapman, who's a singer. I never know if it's Stephen Chapman Curtis. or I get him the wrong way. But the quote is, if we could know the hidden history of our enemies, we should find in each man's life enough sorrow and suffering to disarm all hostility. I want to read that one more time. If we could know the hidden history of our enemies, we should find in each man's life enough sorrow and suffering to disarm all hostility. And that's something, guys, when you're trying to, um, when you're interacting with someone and they're really treating you harshly, you know, I just try to go to this place of like, I have no idea what they've been through today. You know, they could be dealing with the biggest suffering that you can imagine. 
and all they need is just to be loved at that moment. And so to try to just get your heart to go from anger to more of a compassion or a sympathy or empathy, like I can't imagine what they must be going through. I remember dealing with somebody who was just being so unbelievably harsh to me repeatedly. And I thought to myself, finally, because at first, believe me, I was getting like irritated. I finally thought to myself, how sad that they live with that much anger in them. I can't even imagine what it must be like to always be angry. And it started making me want to love them and be kind to them. So it's getting that switch. And also, sometimes it's just when you think, you know what, I bet their motive right now isn't to make me mad. That's probably not what they're trying to do, well, hopefully. And so then you can start to just soften and start to love them. And there's so many ways you can show love to people. But I believe, really, the, the number one way to, to love people is to share Jesus to come alongside, to go through life, to listen to their stories. And that's why, like I said last week, this go and make disciples is really a living out of the greatest commandments, to love God and love others. Because to love God means to obey him. And what he's telling us is to go make disciples. And to go make disciples means you're loving the people enough to spend time with them, to do life with them, and then to share God with them. So I wanted to kind of get that all cute and set up. So we've got that love thing going, right? And now I'm going to just turn it over to Jeff, and he's going to talk about some real practical ways that you can grow closer to God, because, again, we can't love him if we don't know him, and all that kind of stuff. So good? Yep. Good, okay. Good. Thank you. And I think the other thing, too, Michelle, on that um, loving others piece, the, what, I, what I love what you're doing with this series is starting out with the grow yourself piece. I, I think too many people are pushed into service, but they're still broken, they're angry. And, you know, it's the old saying that hurt people hurt people, but healed people can heal people. And so what I want to talk about next around this is, um, is a couple of things. One is you don't have to be 100% healed. We're never 100% healed. If you, if you wait until you're perfectly healed and you've got your spiritual buzz on and everything's great before you go love and serve others, you probably never get there. Um, a part of the journey towards growing is to go serve, to let your heart be broken for the things that break God's heart. Um, so I, I think that's just a good point that you're starting with the grow piece first. Thanks. You so, me figure it out, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So here's just some super, super practical things. Um, and you'll see this if, if you do decide to get my book or if you do have it, you'll see it in the joy model. I have this thing called the master plan. It's, it's an acrostic, M-A-S-T-E-R. And I'm going to talk about just the M and the A today. So the M is just, it's so, it's so obvious. And it's about margin, just having margin in your calendar to spend time with God. And this was the other thing, the, the gentleman I was telling you about yesterday, he said the, the, the biggest challenge is, uh, number one, they don't love themselves, but number two, they don't take the time out to engage in the spiritual disciplines, and I'll talk about those in a bit. And um, it's, you know, I always say no margin, no mission. And when I talk about margin, I mean specifically in your calendar. And I remember there was a guy I was coaching. Um, he, he was uh, telling me, uh, as I was talking about how important this margin thing is, uh, he said, you know, I heard something really cool the other day, and it made me think of you and your margin deal, because I was kind of hammering him on it. 
And um, he was talking to a guy that had gone to a conference. It was sort of a spiritual growth, spiritual formation conference. And uh, it was a whole weekend long. And at the end of it, they had the three leaders of this weekend were on the stage. And the three leaders were Dallas Willard. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's just written some great books, The Divine Conspiracy, Renovation of the Heart. Um, the other one was John Ortberg. He, he wrote one of Michelle and my favorites uh, books, a real easy, great book on spiritual formation. If you want to grow, this is a great book called um, the, life the Life You've Always Wanted. And then the third one was Richard Foster, um, who wrote this great book on spiritual discipline. So at the end of the conference, some, some guy in the audience raises their hand and they have the wisdom to ask this question. And they said to him, listen, okay, we've been here all weekend long. Can you just sum it up for us? What is the key to the spiritual life with Jesus? And so these three spiritual giants go, hmm, okay, hold on a second. They kind of cover the microphone and they talk for a while. And then I think it was Dallas Willard that turned around and he said, here's the key. He said, aggressively eradicate hurry from your life. That was it. You cannot, you cannot hear from God, I don't believe, uh, unless you're carving out the time in your calendar, in your mind, in your heart, to just settle in, either listen to him or speak to him, or just go back and forth. And so creating that margin is so key. Uh, we even saw it on our sabbatical. I mean, I, I typically take a two or three day retreat every quarter. I've been doing that for almost eight years maybe now. There's, those retreats really provide breakthroughs, but the, the sabbatical was even more. And a lot of it is, is not just carving out the time, but it's just settling down your heart. So a couple of ways to get margin. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want some of you guys to just kind of shut off right now because you're like, well, that's great that you could take all that time and go to Spain or you could take yeah. two to three days here. Because I told him, I said, Jeff, not everybody can do that. Sure. And I, you know, ac actually don't have that. I haven't done those at long extended times. So this can also happen in a morning in 30 minutes, yeah. something like that. So, you know, ideally, you know, Jeff, and, and we're all wired a little bit differently, you know, for him to settle in and really hear, it, you love it when you can take those couple days yeah. and do that. You know what, I'm, and you know, I'm more the one who can, I do set time, but I'm also really big on throughout my day, much like Eileen said, come on, God, let's go to the grocery store. That's kind of how I do a lot. I'm just like, I'm just trying to be aware that he's always with me. So people are, you know, yeah. so I just want to clarify. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good clarification. So here is some, here are some other practical, just really simple ways. Um, one is sort of like a left brain logical thing where you analyze your calendar and just say, what are the things that I've done in the last week or the last month that's just not worth it? That's just kind of a waste of time. And so sometimes you can just, you can kind of look at your calendar from the past and identify a few things. It might be TV, it's, you know, you go from, I think the average person in America watches TV like five hours a day or something crazy like that. So like, go down to four and a half, you know, that's enough. Um, you know, so social media. social media, it doesn't mean you have to dump everything, um, but you just find some time. And, and what I find too is when people do that, 
And then they start to spend time with God. And we'll talk more about how do you do that in the next letter. Um, but what happens is you get into this positive feedback loop. It, it's like working out. Like there's lots of times when you don't want to work out. But then you go no, work out. Not. I'm kidding. Well, there is for me, you know, where you don't want to work out. But if you push through that, I don't think I've ever worked out in my life and said, well, that was a waste of time. It's always good. And so what happens is you start to carve out just little chunks of time to pray to to. Well, I'll talk more about these these other strategies and and it gives you a lift or or you get an insight. Then you start to realize, hey, that was worth it. And so now you've got sort of a groove that's going, but you got to break through that initial inertia. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's one big thing. The other thing is, um, is to use your time differently. So as opposed to trying to find things to take out of your calendar, um, you can layer things on top of your calendar. So for instance, um, if you've got a drive, if you're just listening to random music or talk shows or whatever, you know, turn it off, listen to a sermon. Yeah. Uh, there's so many cool things that you can put on your phone. I mean, these phones are like just power packed, both negatively, but also they have great potential for positively helping you. So finding those times where you can work out. Yeah, and so then another way is um, I like to work out and I just put on these, you know, Bluetooth headphones and I'll get on my mountain bike or just the other this morning at that park over there walking. I'll be like this morning I was listening to this new podcast by a guy just somebody just told me about. Or you can listen to the Bible. You can download tons of different Bibles. Uh, faithcomesbyhearing.com has 400 different Bibles in like 360 different languages, 100% free. Download them to your phone. Go for a walk, go for a mountain bike ride, work out, listen to those things. Um, the other thing, too, is you can try to take something out, you can layer something in, um, or just say, by golly, I'm just going to do it. That's what I call just impose it on your calendar. Because what I've found is that some of the busiest people in the world that have just all sorts of excuses where they can't do A, B, or C, all of a sudden, they decided to like start a company or all of a sudden they're you know gonna write a book or they're gonna take up golf and I'm thinking well weren't you the busiest guy in the world and all of a sudden you're doing this so just impose it on your calendar and if you cannot create these little chunks of time um, you're just never gonna make any progress you're, you're just you're just you're really setting up yourself up for failure just waiting for God to bless you randomly it's like it's like a Christmas gift. You gotta get your butt off the couch, go over to the Christmas tree, take out the gift, unwrap it, use it. Um, so it's a free gift if you create the margin. And one just the thing is, um, you know what? You, you make time for things you value. And so it might be at first that you're not finding that absolute joy when you're reading your Bible, whatever, but after a while, you want it. You want that time yeah. with God because you truly believe that my day will be better if I spend time with him first thing in the morning. Yep, absolutely. How are we doing on time? Good, so go into abide, like, you know, what's that? Yeah, okay, good, I was gonna shift. <clears throat> so the second, the second letter uh, of this master acrostic is abide, which is kind of a curious sort of Christianese language. 
Um, but abide actually comes from the concept of, of abode, to live with, to be with, to spend time. And so my encouragement is as soon as you can create that margin, make sure you fill it with spending time with God. And this is what, um, I, when I was talking about Richard Foster, he wrote this great book called Celebration of Discipline. Okay, which is uh, some people are like, oh my goodness, celebration, celebration of discipline, mm -hmm. and it's the it's the traditional, classic, ancient, spiritual disciplines of how to spend time with God. So prayer, and there's so many different types of prayer, and I'll talk about the prayer that the priest taught me um, not too long ago. So there's prayer, there's reading scripture, studying scripture memorizing scripture, actually three different ways to read scripture and engage in it. Um, there's being alone, being quiet. There's serving others, reading good Christian books. That's a way to grow, to be, I mean, there are so many people that have cracked the code on how to understand the Bible and how to connect with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's some great authors out there Talk to the friends whose faith that you really admire and, and say, what's the best Christian book you've ever read in your life? And just get out there and get a hold of these, these resources. And all of this abiding, what it'll start to do is it'll start to reshape your mind. Mm -hmm. It'll start to shape how you see the world differently. And so what you want to be able to do is create the space to get good stuff in, take the junk out, and, and let the Holy Spirit work through you. Um, another great, you don't really see this in terms of a spiritual discipline that necessarily Jesus did. He did all those other things, by the way, that I mentioned, is journaling. Just the power of journaling. A lot of people will pray, um, but sometimes what happens in prayer, it's the same with trying to make a decision. People actually kind of go in circles. And this is the power of, of having a person that you're discipling, is you're speaking out loud. Instead of going circular, when you're speaking your confusion out loud or you're journaling, you're first forced to go linear. So you actually make progress. You come to conclusions as opposed to always getting stuck, wrapped around the same axle all the time. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, okay. I'm not cutting you off at all. Okay. Um, what I was thinking about, though, one of the other things, guys, just because this, when he's talking about abide, I think there's one part of that, well, probably two parts, that everybody has to have, and that's prayer yeah. and it's scripture. Yeah. A lot of us, though, are moved in different ways. Like, you know, he didn't mention music, because that's yeah. not really your thing, probably, so much as music. Like, I really sometimes, there's songs that I'll listen to and I'm just like, oh my heart, it just draws me closer to God and I absolutely love it. Um, so we're all different, you know, listening to sermons. Some people it's getting outside and walking. For me, to, when I'm praying, I, I'm so much better if I'm in physical, like if I'm moving, walking and praying. When I sit, I get distracted. So don't like fight against kind of some of the things that you're, that naturally draw you closer to them, but there is no way to do this without the Bible. I mean, mm -hmm. that is to me, it is what he says. It's, it, it's, it's his love letter to us. He used man, but it is God speaking to us. And you can't understand the value of it until you go into it and just really read it, but not as something to check off your list. You go to that Bible and be like, God, I'm just going to read this until you grab my heart and then i'm just gonna sit and listen for a bit and there's days maybe it doesn't but just go there expectant like 
I want to hear from him. God, I want to hear from you. I want to be changed. I want to be made more into your image. So I think that's just um, yeah. a great There's There's lots of different ways. There's a great book out there called Sacred Pathways. And you can read through and you find out what's the way that I best connect with God. Uh, so, you know, you mentioned music. Well, some people like contemporary music. Some people like the traditional hymns. Um, another way that you can abide with God, you alluded to this a little bit, is get outdoors. So many people worship the creation but not the creator. Well, you can go out and worship the creator who's in that creation. So some people really connect to God just going on a prayer walk in a beautiful park or in the mountains or by the beach. Then a couple of other ways to abide is hang out with other believers. Camaraderie, see iron sharpening iron. We're not supposed to go on this journey alone. I, I've often felt like some of the things that, that change our lives the most are the three people we hang out the most with and the books we're reading. Mm -hmm. So who are you hanging out the most with and, and what are you reading? And then another thing that people that can really connect is just service, to go serve. Now, sometimes I think women will just go, I'll just go do that, I'll go serve. But what happens, it's a depleting service as opposed to a rejuvenating service. So, so you've, you've got to balance that so that you're not just completely giving out and never getting your tank full again. But service is a way for many people to, to feel connected to God, to be the hands and feet of Christ. Yeah. So, so the other thing I would say when it comes to abiding, especially when it comes to the Bible, think about which version of the Bible you're reading. Like I like to switch it up. Sometimes I'll do the message. Sometimes I like to play around the King James and I'll go to ESV. So I like to mix that up. I bounce around between the Old Testament and New Testament. You know, sometimes I'm just like kind of done with the Old Testament. I'm ready to dig into the Gospels or I'll be, I'm kind of done with Paul. I'm going to go read the, the Gospels or whatever. So mix that up. Then also mix up your technology. You know, there's so many good books on tape. You can listen to things. You can read them. Um, so I think, you know, for me, variety is a spice of life for how to stay close to God. Mm -hmm. it's, hard to, it's hard to say, like, here's one way. Like, even just today, Eileen and my daughter Denica were talking, and Eileen's like, oh, you want everybody always? Yeah, I've got it, and you can um, listen to it. And Denica says, oh, I don't like to listen to books. I like yeah. to read them. I like to hold them in my hand. I like to highlight. And, 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 and so, cool, whatever it is that works for you, you know? Yeah. So, you want me to share that little prayer thing? Yeah. So um, I met with this really cool Jesuit priest. He was 74 years old. You'd think he was 60. He was from Kansas, loves basketball, just this wonderful guy. And he was sharing with me this really interesting, super simple technique for just having a prayer time. And what he asked me to do, he says, just imagine you're with a really good friend and you're, you're at an Italian restaurant and you can see like Jesus right across the table from you, like flesh and bones two and a half feet away from you, there's Jesus. And you can just ask him a question like, Jesus, what do you think about this? And just have your eyes closed and then settle down your mind and imagine him responding. And I started this technique and it was just, it was really a game changer. And so what happened was I started to do this. I was having like 20 to 60 second conversations with Jesus. Um, it just tiny, like not two hours of, you know, intense stuff, just this dialogue with Jesus throughout the day. And it was just a really helpful way for me to communicate with him. I love it. Yeah. There um, you go. 
You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. And so if you struggle with loving God, go and read the red letters. It's one of the more moving things. I remember listening to, I think it was Francis Chan was saying, if you want to get to know and, and fall in love with God, read the red letters. And no, I've... Oh, sorry. The red letters are the words that Jesus actually spoke. So sometimes, like, I have an app where I can switch it to say, okay, I want a red letter. So you go through the Bible, and everything in red are the words that Jesus spoke. And so I didn't read any of the other things. I just read those red letters, nothing else. And you go through the Gospels, and you just get to hear and see how how he responds and his love for people. And so it's a great way to help um, kind of fall in love with, with God. Um, one of the things, too, in Jeff's book is um, that he talks about being and doing. And just to kind of finish up here, guys, that being is just like so important that we just be with God because so often we try to go and do. We go and make, we go, but we haven't spent this time down here being with God, and it's from the being that we're able to go and do. Because you know what? You gotta learn to listen to him, the Holy Spirit that lives in you when you believe in Jesus. He's gonna help you to know who to go and disciple, what to do, all this kind of stuff. God's got it figured out. So you gotta spend time with him and get to know him and be with him because then it's all gonna kind of play out after that. Now, if you have any questions or anything at all that you wanna say at this point, type them in because we're gonna close up here in just a minute or two and I'll ask Eileen to let me know if there's anything I need to touch base on. But I want you to know too that Next week, guys, because people have asked, are you going to give us some more practical as far as discipling? That's what starts the next two weeks now. We have to set this all up these first two weeks. Next week and the following week, it's the how, the who, the where, the what, all those kind of things we're really going to dig into so you don't want to miss out on that. Um, Eileen, does anybody have any questions? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Nancy has a question. Are we supposed to... Disciple everyone. Disciple everyone. You know what I, what, what, I, what, what, what I would say to that one is we're supposed to really love everybody we meet, and my hope is that when I meet somebody, they see a little bit of God's love in me. But no, I don't think it, discipling is really a longer commitment. It's really about going through life with people. And so it's more of a formal, because like, it says, you know, go and make disciples, baptize them and teach them to obey all that I have commanded. So this is kind of a long-term process. Evangelism is more just like, you know, you can share the gospel with them and then you are hopeful and prayerful that somebody else will come into their life and disciple them. So no, it's not about everybody. You're supposed to love everybody always, but you're not necessarily supposed to disciple everybody. Is that what you'd say? I, I would say that. And also that, um, you know, we shouldn't expect our pastors to disciple everybody because discipleship is one-on-one, -on -one, life on life. They just don't have the bandwidth. Mm -hmm. So, so. And small group. And small group. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Anything else, Eileen? That's it. All right. Well, thanks guys. And um, if you do need anything else, you can always email me, michelle at faithfulworkouts.com. And we will meet again next Tuesday. And I have a special um, friend coming next week. Her name is Mercy Tucker. And she has a wonderful ministry called Project I See You. And she's going to share just some really cool things about how to engage and pull stories out of people so that you can get into their life a little bit easier. It's going to be a great session. And we will see you then. Okay, thank you. <laughs>